it is incredibly helpful to be able to distinguish, okay, that was my dream, but now it's over and I'm moving moving onward. That doesn't mean you're not taking the pain with you, but you are moving onward and looking forward to having a, a future that is fulfilling and purposeful. Welcome to the Blueprint Breakers podcast. What is a Blueprint Breaker? If you live your life outside the typical traditional lifestyle blueprint, you are a blueprint breaker. We are here to start a conversation, to assemble resources, and to build a community. This podcast is for empowered women in midlife and beyond who are preparing for a powerful next era of life. My name is Amy A. Palmer. I am your host and facilitator for our conversations. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. To stay connected, up to date, and to receive all of our free resources and gifts along the way, join us at community.blueprintbreakers.com. Do you have an aspect of your life that hasn't turned out as you had hoped? Do you struggle getting past that? Or do you experience grief and loss over what might have been? Today's episode dives into the topic of navigating grief and loss while simultaneously experiencing joy, fulfillment, and purpose. What does it take to reframe your situation and pave the way for an amazing future? This is exactly what you're going to find out in my conversation today with my friend, colleague, Dr. Gail Miller. Let me brag on Gail for just a moment. Um, I met Gail virtually earlier this year when we were both part of a mastermind. Um, Gail Miller is a life coach, a maternal fetal medicine physician, and a TEDx speaker dedicated to empowering women. Following her own realization that motherhood wasn't in her story, Gail embarked on a personal journey of healing and self-discovery, ultimately reimagining her future. She founded Path Onward Life Coaching, and now she passionately shares her wisdom to support other women on a similar path. Her mission includes helping women rediscover their identities and navigate the challenges tied to their unfulfilled motherhood dreams. As you listen to our conversation today, I think you're going to find that what Gail has to share applies to so many different areas of our life as midlife women and beyond. Uh, When we find out that there are certain dreams that we once had that are no longer able to come to fruition, how do you still have a very full, very happy, very fulfilled life? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Hello, Gail. Welcome. Hi. It's so good to see you today. Oh, thank you. It's so good to be here. I, I was excited when I got the email from you. Do you want to be on? I was like, yeah, yeah. yes. Yes. Of course yes. I do. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I know. I mean, it, it was great getting to know you earlier in the year when we were part of a mastermind together. Got to know a little bit, a, a tiny little bit about your story. <laughs> which definitely made me want to know more. And then when your TEDx talk came out, I was like, she has got a story to share and like a mission and a message and everything that needs to be shared. So I'm so thrilled that um, you're here today and that we can kind of dive into it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm glad I get the chance to share the message. So thank you. 
So in your TEDx talk, the power of and, which is what you spoke on in that talk, and it was just such a really powerful way to to frame not just your experience, but so many of us, our experiences, we have things in common, things that are different, et cetera, but there was, there's like a commonality there. Can you share a little bit about the meaning behind power of and? Yeah. So it started because of this, like a dichotomy of we're, we're, as I said in the TEDx talk, we're inundated with these messages, just be positive. So we feel like if we're not positive, if we have a negative thought or a negative emotion, there's something wrong with us because that's Mm -hmm. the messages we're given that it's bad to be negative. And then on the other hand, when you're going through a loss, whatever the loss is, whether it's the loss of the dream of motherhood, whether it's you lose a job, whatever that loss is. In the midst of it, it can feel like I'm never climbing out of this box. Again, I'm like down here and I can't get out of this. And I can either be feel like crap or I can be happy. And if I am happy, especially for those of us who are childless, not by choice, am I betraying that dream or mm. of motherhood? Or am I betraying the the child that we've dreamed of because we've all dreamed we all have a picture of what that child or children would be and so it was really important for me to to get that message out that life isn't either or Mm -hmm. it's not and there's nothing wrong with the what we consider negative emotions they are human emotions and without them First of all, we wouldn't appreciate the good parts, right? What do we have to compare it to? So like it becomes this sort of, if the good times become this sort of, like we get numb to it, right? Right. So it became something that I I so wanted to get this message out that you can experience a loss. You can experience something awful in your life. Life won't go the way you planned. And you can honor that and the pain of it and also live a fulfilling life. And so that's where the and came from, because it's like, it's never either or, there's always an and. There are times where it's a family member or a friend or whoever that you love them, but you don't like something that they're doing. So I love you and, right? (laughs) Right. So that that's where the power of and came from. Okay. Well, it, it was just it it was a really incredible way of articulating something that I know that we've all experienced and that I've experienced it at different times that I was struggling with identifying. You know, years ago when I lost a significant other, I definitely experienced this time of well, I can't be happy again. I can't have joy again because that is betraying my loved one. And I was afraid to like give up on that loss. And it took a long time to learn. Both can be true. You could still find new happiness. You could still find joy. You could still find fulfillment and still be grieving and still feel sadness, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So I, I definitely have experienced that. And also with being childless, not by choice, you know, same thing. And, and, and in many ways, that's, it's even more difficult in a, in a different way because it's less tangible, you know, with the loss. And it's hard to sometimes see past that. So I think that message that it, it can all happen together is, it, it's, I think it's very universal. So thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you for, thank you for saying that. And I think with the, the pain of being childless, not by choice, part of the like kind of additional layer, if you will, of pain is that we're told to get over it. Like mm -hmm. society doesn't recognize this right. as a loss, right? right? Because it's not a human that you can touch and feel. So right. like you don't have, you don't even have support from community often because people don't get it. They just, don't see it as a loss. Right. So, yeah. 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 That that's, that's true. Uh, so I'd like to back up a little bit in terms of your, your path and your journey, what led you to the work that you do and why do you do it? So it's kind of a long torturous, <laughs> torturous path, but path. Um, so my career, I mean, I'm a physician and my specialty is high-risk pregnancies. I know it's ironic. That is, <laughs> that's, I take care of women who have high-risk pregnancies and had actually always imagined I'm going to end up being here because it became, it becomes a joke in the kind of OBGYN community that anybody who's like a nurse or anybody in that field Mm -hmm. you end up having a high-risk pregnancy, even when you're like the healthiest person. So it, it kind of was in my head where like, no, that won't happen to me, but oh yeah, it probably will happen to me. Well, it didn't happen to me because I didn't have a child. And I had always, always like, I don't remember a time when I didn't imagine myself becoming a mom. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, and I also imagine I'm going to have the perfect partner with me. And as time went on, and I was not finding the perfect partner or even a decent partner, <laughs> it was one of those things that you don't realize the time is passing as it is until you're like, oh, wait, what happened here? And so I thought, okay, I. I can do this on my own. Well, I also like you learn as you get older, or I did and became more confident and found myself, if you will. I hadn't done that before. And I had a parent who was going to treat me as if I was dead and a boss who would have fired me because this was like many years ago. <laughs> so he would have fired me if I was a single, single mom. And I would have lost my family. I, I had no doubt that this my parent was going to sit Shiva for me, which is the, the when someone who's Jewish dies, you the mourning period after. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have the confidence in myself to one be able to say, fine, if he fires me, I'll get another job. Like I I, I couldn't even imagine. I've never been fired. In hindsight, now I'm like, 
what did I, why did I let that happen? I, you know, I could have done something else, but, and same thing. I didn't recognize that this person who was controlling me was, this was not a healthy relationship. And why did I let this person control me? But I did. So over time, I kind of gave up on it. In addition, I would add, I ended up in this situation where I was on call like 17 to 20 nights a month. Mm -hmm. And I was up most of those nights in the hospital. And I couldn't, I couldn't even find a time to go for a single doctor's appointment, much less the ones I would have needed. I also, I knew I had fertility issues. So over time, I just kind of let that kind of slip away. Right. Um, you know, I was resentful, but also like, I, I can't do this on my own. Um, and then I thought, okay, I've accepted this and this is what life is going to be. But in reality, I had buried it and the pain came out in other ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I did find the perfect partner and we got married, but I was 49. Mm -hmm. So, and he had three kids of his own. We never talked about having kids because I had thought I had accepted it. So we never had that conversation. And then <laughs> it's like a, a switch got flipped when we got married. And suddenly it's like, I never accepted this. I really want a child of my own. And then we had the conversation and it didn't go the way I wanted it to, which is, you know, he's like, he's done the terrible twos. He's done, you know, all that. Yeah. And, yeah. And he had a, one teenager left at the time, which was a whole nother. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so it just sort of became this, okay, it's just not going to happen. And I, I did know like my chances of getting pregnant by with IVF were slim to none. And mm -hmm. he's like, I, I don't want to risk you getting sick. Like, of course, cause I see as a high risk physician, I see a lot of women who are older and get pregnant, not as old as 49, but, and have some really end up quite sick. So mm -hmm. that sort of passed by too. And it was a day where I saw a photo of myself looking so happy and I didn't recognize myself. And I was like, what, who is this person? And then it finally dawned on me. Okay. That picture was from before I ever knew motherhood wasn't going to happen. And that's when I was like, I, I have to pull myself out of this. Mm -hmm. I have a wonderful life. You know, it's not what I planned, but I have a wonderful life and I need to learn how to unite my pain of childlessness with the joy that I have. So I, w I went through coaching and therapy and neither person was childless. Um, my therapist who I was seeing for something else was loved her, but she said at one point, Oh, I know what you're going through because I had a high risk pregnancy. And it's like, yeah, no, you don't know what I'm going through any more than I know what you went through, the loss of, you know, the what you planned for your pregnancy. But I, where I got most of my help for childlessness was coaching. And that's when I was like, I, this is what I need to do. 
And I didn't, wasn't finding, like, I didn't even know what childless, not by choice was like, never Uh heard of that term. And I wasn't finding coaches or who were childless. Talking about that. Right. Who, and that's where, who they were coaching. And so it's like, fine, I will do it myself. (laughs) I would become a coach and create a program because I, because when I finally got to that point where it was like, wow, I I can enjoy this life that I have and I can deal with the triggers and all that. And when I finally got to that, it was like, I need to share this. And so I became a life coach and this, and I created a program that's for women who are childless, not by choice, because I think this community deserves it. So that's why I was like, yeah, I I have always been about helping other women and I'm just going to continue in a different way. So how long have you been coaching? Um, Let me see. When did I, sorry, I have to remember when I finished. Uh, It's going on two years. I finished my coaching program three years ago, but um, you know, I took time to, I, that was coaching in general. And then I was Uh researching because I wanted to make sure this was specifically appropriate for, you know, the women I wanted to help. Um, So I wanted to create the program. And then I, you know, I was still working. I still do work, but not very part-time. And so I, um, I took time to really research and figure out what does this group of women need? Yeah. 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 So over these past few years, at, as you sort of morphed into this role of helping and guiding other women who were walking this similar path that you did, yeah. what are some of the things that you've learned about, like about grief and about, you know, the childless, not by choice community? Like, what have you learned along the way? So I've learned that they're just like in everything else in life, there are kind of stages. So there's that stage of like when you realize, okay, this is not going to happen, whether it's because you were doing IVF and it wasn't successful and now you've decided not to continue or you know, your life circumstances that you timed out, you have a partner that you're like, "Mm, this is not who I want to have children with. Whatever it is, when you, when you get to that point, it's very different than when you're a little bit later on in life, when like, it's not necessarily menopause hits, but maybe it's getting there. Or now you see your friend's they don't just have kids, but now they're going to high school graduations and weddings and, or now they're having grandchildren Yeah, and it hits you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I learned that the grief, first of all, grief is never linear, but it's, it's really up and down with being childless, not by choice and things that you didn't that didn't trigger you before will trigger you now that you're a little older or, um, you know, I had a client who couldn't be around any kids and then it became, I can be around, um, 
high school kids and th that wasn't triggering but then that changed for her because now her friends are having grandchildren so mm -hmm. now babies are again triggering for her mm -hmm. um for me <laughs> i was watching there was the today show and when hoda Kotb, i don't know if you're familiar but she yeah. first adopted her child and she mm -hmm. they announced it and i was like i felt like a ton of a wall of bricks fell on me and I couldn't like figure it out. And I, I sat there and I realized she was 49 and 49 is when I was like, okay, if this isn't going to happen, then let me adopt. I'll try to adopt. And never before would someone adopting a child have triggered me. Mm -hmm. But now this is like, okay, this should have been me. And mm. that triggered me. So right. we we go through stages of it. And, and we're always told, get over it. It's been long enough. And no, grief doesn't take, it, it doesn't like have a deadline or a timeline. So that was my biggest like, aha, that it's, it's not just that grief isn't linear, but that it changes over time what things trigger us. And for some women, they do get to a point where they're like, you know what? I've created this life that I love that I wouldn't have had if I had children and I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so that was my, my biggest takeaway is recognizing that it comes in waves. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can relate to that because I feel like I, I feel like I first went through the grief in my forties, like maybe my early to mid forties and dealing with all the emotion of it and everything. And then I thought that I had handled it and I thought that it was like resolved and I'd moved on and I'd accepted my life and all that. And then I, I got a second wave when menopause hit, like when, when that door closed, I realized, Oh crap, I didn't fully, I did not fully address this because now I'm, deeply grieving again over something that people thought I should have been over decades before, you know? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, so it, it, that's tough. And then, and now in more recent years, and for me, that's where the power of and comes in because I, I, I feel better than I've ever felt in, in, that I can remember in, in my life, like full of joy and fulfillment and peace. And I have all these amazing things happening in my life. And I have moments of, of grief and sadness over what I, what I don't have and what, you know, what I didn't experience and the things that didn't turn out the way I had hoped. So yeah. it's still, it, it, do, it doesn't go away completely, <laughs> but it's, it comes back differently. You know, I, yeah. like, like what you were mentioning with, with some of the women, I mean, I'm luckily I'm now at the point again, and it comes and goes where I can enjoy babies and enjoy kids and, and really, you know, enjoy the joy of that without being so triggered. And, and I'm in that space right now. I don't know if that'll change again, who knows, but yes, <laughs> yeah, there's no way of knowing. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's just no way of predicting. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think the other thing that surprised me is the term, the terminology mm. that 
never would I have expected. I mean, I should have because what society is like, but never would I have expected that the term child is not by choice, which like a few years ago, I didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. could be controversial. Like mm. that there's this, well, I don't want to be called childless because, and I get it, the less part makes you feel less. And mm-hmm. on the other hand, the child free is like saying, yeah, I wanted this. So that was the, the um, that there's controversy that there is, because I had several friends who chose to be child free, childless, whatever you want to call it, without children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was never a, like, there was never antagonist there was never a the us versus them and then I became got into this community and on social media and there's this us versus them mentality often that that my clients have experienced and that adds another layer of pain when you when you can't communicate with other women because they, you know, there's this antagonism between the two groups. So I shouldn't have been knowing what people are like, but I was surprised to, you know, learn it, my experience it myself. Uh And then, you know, have that be something that is often central to the conversations with, with my clients that they're experiencing it to such a degree. So that, that that was a learning moment <laughs> yeah <That's, laughs> yeah that was surprising to me as well uh, because like you until pretty recently basically until I launched this podcast about a year ago uh and started looking into some of these that I I was not familiar with the terms or the differences but yeah. then to find that within both of those labels, whether it's child-free or child-less, within those, there's so many nuances of what those women's experience are. And I was sad to learn that there's a lot of divide between the nuances. And I, I, I I mean, I really wish that we could work through that piece because we're already uh, a, a minority, uh, you know, and, yeah. you know, we, and there's a lot of similar things that we face. It would be great if we could connect over the commonalities, but even within the childless, not by choice community, I find there's a little bit of, there's a judgment based on how are you childless, not by choice? Like what, what, what got you to that? Whether was it infertility? Was it not finding a partner? Um, you know, there's a lot of, well, if it's just not buying a partner, then you still could have, you know, that whole, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so there's, uh, you know, and I, I, I th- and that's one of the things that I try to work on with in this podcast too, is because I think we as women feel like we all want to be seen and heard and understood and represented, but the more that we can just empathize with each other who are all on different paths the more that we can ultimately help each other you know what I mean yeah Yeah, exactly yeah so that's that was the other part of the terminology is that whether it's someone who's within our community or who's 
the larger without child community mm-hmm. or outside, there's a lot of criticism of using that terminology is childless not by choice. Like for, I have been criticized for, well, you, you could have, you know, become a mama. Yes, I could have. So you did have a choice. Yes, I did. But my choices were very unattractive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like neither one was a good choice. And I did what was seemed like the best thing for me at the time. Or, you know, I've been told, well, you could have tried to do IVF once you got married. Well, yes, I could have, but there was also a lot of risk. And, you know, so yes, I had a choice and I chose not to go down that road because it was not the road that was right for us. And so, yeah, there, even that there's so much criticism of, well, but you, it's not not by choice. You chose not to, you know, or, you know, you chose not to marry someone, you know, who was abusive when you were younger. So you'd have a partner. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, there's so much of that in society, but Mm -hmm. it's so much piled onto women in general. And then to, to take a term like that and like really rip people apart who are already ripped apart in their hearts, like, really right necessary but yeah people have that need to yeah I I wonder if it's because you know I'm always like trying to peel back the layers and figure it out I mean I I wonder if people just are so because it's such a when you think about it objectively it's such a devastating loss to experience right and is, is it is it their way to try to minimize that grief or erase that loss or you know try to make it go away <laughs> like, like like in some ways that's easier than facing the fact of you know it it is a fact and there's nothing you did to deserve this pain you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's a combination of discomfort on other people's part you know what you they just want to pretend it's not there but mm-hmm. it's also this really kind of rampant, <laughs> as far as what I see, this general, if I don't, am not going through it, I can't empathize. Like, mm. I have to experience it myself. Like, right. there seems to be so much more inability to appreciate that's what someone else is going through without being in their shoes. That's a whole other conversation, isn't yeah. it? We could go, we yeah. could go for hours on that one. But I yeah. think I think that's I think that's absolutely right. And I and I did I have found myself saying that I'm childless not by intentional choice. <laughs> oh, I like that because I ne- I never made an intentional choice to not be a mother, you know, yeah. and yes, it is true that I made decisions along the way that ultimately led me to where I am, but I still consider that circumstance, right? It was not an intentional choice. Right, right. We're getting into semantics. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And even if you say someone is going to criticize you. Yeah, I know. Because that's the other thing that like is so common. Like there's a, if you do A, someone's going to say you should have done B. If you did B, someone else is going to say you should have done A. 
-hmm. there's always criticism. And, and I try to remember that a lot of times people are doing that because of their own discomfort with themselves. Like right. in order to feel better, they sadly need to put others down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's look ahead here uh, and, and think about where do we take it from here? If you were to think about three actions that you can take to try to find your and, if you're struggling with that part, um, what, what ideas do you have on that? Yeah. The first is acceptance, like true acceptance. Learn, learn what acceptance is because, and I went through this myself. It is, I thought, well, if I accept this and I'm saying it's okay, or I'm saying I no longer want a child and acceptance is none of that. It is simply saying, this is my reality. And I say the word simply, but there's nothing simple about it. It takes work to be able to get to that point where you can say, I'm childless. I don't want to be, but that's my reality. So the first step is to face that acceptance. The second is, and this is not talked about very often, but I truly believe regardless of what stage you are in all this, if that you need to have a goodbye, a goodbye to the dream that you had dreamed of, whether it's, you know, goodbye to your fertility, drugs and stuff, or whatever, the future you dreamed of, you have to have a some kind of goodbye ceremony. Now, mm -hmm. I don't mean like you have to light a candle and walk to but some kind of way of being able to say, okay, that's no longer going to happen. And here's my new future and say goodbye. And for some people, it is lighting a candle and, you know, saying a prayer for some, it's, you know, um, taking your fertility medic. I've had someone take their meds and, you know, smash them or take their, uh, paperwork from every visit that they had and they lit a bonfire safely, but they lit a bonfire. Whatever the goodbye is that's meaningful to you, that is a step I would take regardless of where you are in the stage of all this. It is incredibly helpful to be able to distinguish, okay, that was my dream, but now it's over and I'm moving forward moving onward. That doesn't mean you're not taking the pain with you, but you are moving onward and looking forward to having a, a future that is fulfilling and purposeful. And that is the third step, which is to really sit down and think through what is it that gives you joy, right? Um, I mean, I always knew I'd have a dog, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, once I finally was at a point in my life where I could adopt a dog, I never realized, okay, this is, I'm going to have, you know, four or five dogs <laughs> at some point. And then it became this thing where I, my purpose is adopting the dogs that most people wouldn't want. It's finding what brings you mm. joy in life and creating a purpose for yourself 
because just because you're a mom or not a mom, sorry, does not mean you can't have purpose and doesn't mean you are in any way less than or less of a a woman. It just means you don't have a child. And regardless of what society is saying that, you know, women, that's what women are here for. No. <laughs> um, so that would be the third thing is really sit down and examine what brings you joy in life mm. uh, because and turn that into a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about that gal is, um, yeah, I think that that can help many women who are, who are experiencing that particular loss and struggle, but you could apply that to any law, any loss, like in, in any way that your life just hasn't turned out the way you had hoped. Um, I mean, you could, you could flip it on, on its head. I mean, mothers, there could be women that became mothers and had to give up something, part, some part of their life, whether it was their career or whatever it was, yeah. uh, or traveling the world all the time or whatever they had to give up to yeah. be, become a mother. Th those three steps still help would apply, I would say in that, in that case, you know, to yeah. really to really find that purpose again and to find that fulfillment again. Exactly. And, you know, cause I'm at that, well, I'm actually past that, that age where a lot of my friends, you know, their kids have, are moving out or have moved out mm -hmm. or yep. and now they're left with, because that yeah. became their identity. Yes. And yes. they're left with, what do I what do now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it applies, you're right. It applies in so many situations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now, my last question, it's not really on the same topic, but we referenced it earlier. And I'd love to hear a little bit of just the fact that you decided to do a TEDx talk and that you did it. I, I would love to hear about that journey and the impact that it's had for you. So I have had a, like many people, I have had a lifelong fear of public speaking, <laughs> but not just public speaking, like just being up on a stage, even if I didn't have to speak, I, I've been terrified of that to the point where I can feel my heart like pounding. And I, someone came to give a talk from a coaching group, TEDx coaching to a coaching group I was in and I was like I have a message I and and I have a fear <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to get past that fear and I'm gonna do this because this is part of why I was put on this earth and so it was a lot of work <laughs> worth every bit of it. It was exhausting, but it was exhilarating. And so, um, just the work on it gave me a, this other sense of purpose because it was like, I can get this message out about my community and others so that maybe other people will recognize too. Oh, my loss feels unseen their losses mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I 
you know, I, I got accepted and worked on this. I had a speaking coach because I, I have given, had to, you know, do public speaking and I've had people come up to me afterwards and be like, are you okay? Because my voice was shaking so badly. I had one situation where it was one of these where I was presenting a research project and what the audience does, all these like academicians, they rip apart the person who is giving this presentation about this is what I want to do. And they had done that to the people ahead of me. And they got to me and my voice shook so badly that nobody asked me a thing because they felt so badly. For you in that case it worked for me in that case so <laughs> I was like I need a speaking coach because I certainly can't get up and give it to <laughs> with my voice shaking and cracking and so mm -hmm. um it was a lot the person I worked with was just amazing I thought she was in her 60s she's just turned 80 she's just this little ball of fire and I had fun working with her and she kept saying okay, have fun with this. And in the middle of it, I was like, oh, oh my God, I am enjoying this. Like I'm enjoying this. And yeah, it was terrifying and incredibly exhilarating all at the same time. That's so fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, I finished it and I was like, I mean, I was still, I, unfortunately couldn't hear many of the other speakers after me even though I was sitting there because I was you know like mm -hmm. on this high mm -hmm. but when I when it came down I was like I want to do another one I want to do public speaking which again like no one who who knows me would ever think she wants to do public speaking wow. I'm like, yeah I really do I really want people to understand the childless not by choice community so I love that I love yeah, that was, kudos to you I mean to, you. to overcome that fear and to take that risk and put yourself out there and to put in the work and now it's like leading to it's opening up a whole new door yeah. for you in terms of how to get this important message out that that's fabulous yeah yeah, thank you. It was, yeah, even just thinking about it now, it's like, yeah, I was really having fun up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll make sure to put the link to the TEDx talk in the show notes uh, oh, for this you. episode, because I mean, I, I just, I thought it was wonderful. I love the topic. I think it's an important message. And so I, I would love as many people as possible to, to check out your TEDx talk, The Power of And, Yeah, that's what yeah. it's called. Anything else that you wanted to share before we go today? Yes. First of all, I, I love your podcast and what your mission is. So I really want women to realize that you are more than what you chose to do. You are more than whether you have a child, you're more than what your marital or relationship status is. You are a person with worth in and of itself and so and life changes recreate yourself it's if you know if you don't want to do something now because you're 55 and by the time I'm done with that program I'm going to be 57 by the time even if you don't do that you're going to turn 57 <laughs> 
So Perfect. you don't, nothing, you are not stuck in life. They, right. You can reinvent yourself over and over again. And you are worthy. So amen to that. Amen to all of that. Thank you so much, Gail. I've so enjoyed talking with you today. And thank you for everything that, that you're doing to help women. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. This was just a fun conversation. So I love it. It really was. Thank you. Gail. Thank you. Have you registered for my upcoming free workshop, Rewrite Your Blueprint, yet? It is coming up soon on October 12th for anyone who is looking to up-level and change any aspect of their life. You can register by checking out the link in the show notes or go to my Instagram page at amypalmer.today. You will find the registration link in my bio there. Thank you, thank you so much for joining me today for our episode of Blueprint Breakers podcast, The Power of And. Special thank you to Gail Miller for sharing her journey and expertise on a necessary and sometimes difficult to discuss topic. And special thank you to you for listening. Thank you for your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And thank you for sharing this episode with your friends. Remember, join the Blueprint Breakers gift list. Join us at community.blueprintbreakers.com. Have a wonderful week. Keep on breaking those blueprints and rewriting your own.